Hello everyone, welcome back to Blood Talk. Now, um, recently I've been <laughs> other levels of obsessed with the uh, the Phantasm movies, which is a constant for me. I always love these films. Uh, and I actually discovered a game for um, Phantasm called Phantasm Armageddon. Um, it's very laggy on my PC, like unplayably laggy, unfortunately. I'm going to try and fix that somehow, but, um, yeah. Uh, but maybe you've got a better PC than I do, and for that reason, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you about Phantasm Armageddon for a sec. It's this, uh, I think it's an FPS game, or it can be third-person shooter game where you, um, basically just go through events of the Phantasm, five Phantasm films, and, uh, try and survive the tall man and his army yourself playing Reggie uh honestly a lot of fun or it looks a lot of fun as I say I can't really play it because I've got a really bad PC but it's very clear the developer of the game is very passionate about the franchise which I have a lot of respect for him for that um anyway so onto the real topic of what I'm going to be talking about a comparison between the ending to Phantasm 4 and the ending to Phantasm 5. Now, you might be wondering to me, like, to yourself, why on earth are you doing this? Why compare just two of the film's endings? Because a lot of people will tell you that the ending to Phantasm 4 is way better of a finale to the franchise than the fifth one. Um, and... The thing is, I was listening to this podcast last night of this man, uh, no, two people actually, two men, uh, two blokes, talking about um, a theory to a phantasm. And they touched on Phantasm for Oblivion quite a bit. And they were saying how they thought the ending was a lot more suitable to the franchise than uh, the fifth film. So it inspired me to talk about this. I want to voice my own opinion. Um, personally, Phantasm 4 is actually my favourite one in the franchise. Whereas Phantasm 5's maybe my least favourite, but if not, definitely second least favourite. Um, and I can't, I mean, that kind of says a lot right there, doesn't it? But, um, you know, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll be able to come up with some kind of way as to how I can like Ravager's ending a bit more. Um, what I will say up front is this is not going to be a comparison of both films, just the endings. If I was comparing both of these films, Oblivion would, like, absolutely blow Ravager out of the water. Oblivion is genuinely a really good film. Ravager is not. Uh, Ravager's more like a fan film. A very good fan film, but not a very good... Uh, Real film, if you like. Um, yeah. So, we're just specifically talking about the ending. Um, so, uh, well, let's just go over briefly what the endings to both films are. So, the the last sort of ten minutes of Oblivion is the tall man's, well, basically cut into Mike's head. He's trying to extract the gold uh, ball from his head and Reggie's defending Mike he doesn't do much, he gets tossed aside very quickly 
Mike uses his own silver sphere to try and take the tall man down, but it does absolutely nothing. But that's not the real contraption. There's actually an explosive in the hearse, which he then uses to blow the tall man to pieces. Um, but then, of course, as you'd expect, another man, a uh, tall man, comes out of the dimensional fork and just rips the gold ball from Mike's head like it was nothing. And then Mike's on the floor dying as Reggie goes over to him and then grabs his four-barrel shotgun, goes into the dimensional fork and we don't see him again in this ending. And then it zooms in on Mike's eye and we see a deleted scene from the first film from when he was a kid. And he's um, he's in the car with Reggie. Uh, and there's, there's something that Reggie says. I think he goes, do you hear something? And then Mike goes, it's just the wind. Just the wind. As uh, Mike in the future is talking to Reggie in the past. It's kind of strange... I mean, if you've not seen the ending, it sounds kind of strange what I mean there. But Mike in the present, if you like, where he's got the gold ball when extracted from his head, uh, he's kind of like talking to himself inside his own head in the past to Mike when he was younger and Reggie. Um, yeah. So that's the ending to Phantasm Four. Then the ending to Phantasm Five is, well, Reggie and Mike have just come out of the tall man's planet and they're killing off a few minions and they're out of ammo, but then Jody shows up and kills a bunch of the minions and then they get in the car with Jody. Uh, they drive off and they have a nice, sweet, little, wholesome conversation. Uh, and then in a post, post-ish credit scene... I'd say post credit scene, yeah. Um, Rocky and Chunk walk towards the car with the trio in and they drive off to fight the tall man, presumably. So both endings have got an aura of ambiguity about them. That's for certain. But, I mean, that goes for every Phantasm film. These are ambiguous films. Um, And I think, well, in terms of in terms of score, like the soundtrack, because, um, you know, soundtrack can make or break a, an ending, I'd actually say they're on par. I think the soundtrack to both films work as a finale, because I think Phantasm Falls is very kind of melancholy and uh, haunting and not dramatic, but quite understated, actually. Whereas Phantasm Fives is... Oddly, the opposite. It's very dramatic uh, music and over the top. Um, rarely does it let up. Um, you know what I'll say in terms of Hollywood filmography, Phantasm Five's music is better for an ending, but in terms of Phantasm, Four has the better soundtrack when it comes to the ending because it is so haunting and so melancholy and so ambiguous you get this sense of ambiguity in the soundtrack and i like that so yeah in terms of soundtrack i i, I will give it to four how about in terms of the plot though because this is kind of one of the most important points if not the most important point how does each film do wrapping up everything that came before it i mean that's the whole point of an ending isn't it um and once again i'm gonna give this to oblivion because 
Phantasm Five. I mean, obviously, I know I said we're not comparing the two films here, but maybe we've got to do a bit of that right here. Um, Phantasm Five is such a complicated movie, and because of that, it does hinder the ending a little bit. Uh, because they're keeping this level of complexity without answering the questions, you kind of go out of the cinema thinking, what? You know what I mean? And you don't really feel satisfied. There's a few things, uh, like particular scenes that lend to uh, satisfaction, but generally, it's not a satisfying ending. Um, Four has... Hmm... I think 4, I've, I've kind of changed my opinion on 4, and I, I think it's less of an ambiguous ending, which is weird to say. The reason I say this is because of the theory I listened to. Of course, this could all be false. I mean, it's, it's a theory. But at the same time, just listen. So these two people reckon that uh, if you just count the first four Phantasm films as like one quadrilogy... Um, then it's all like one massive time loop of films. That the events of the first film, second, third unfold, then eventually the fourth. But then Mike is in four on the ground dying and he's thinking to his past life, uh, thinking about everything that happened the first time they saw the tall man. And yeah. I think they also mentioned another theory that uh, it's possible that the tall man all along is Mike. And this is going to sound strange, but they have a feeling that in the bit where the tall man rips the gold ball from Mike's head, he's actually pointing it into his own head um, and then going out to be, well, the tall man. Uh, so they think that... The first tall man we see, like the first time Jebediah Morningside becomes the tall man, uh, he then goes to rip the gold ball from Mike's head, and that's like a different version of the tall man. And then, yeah, the, he goes back in time to the events of the first Phantasm film. Simple as that. And then, yeah, it's this whole like massive time loop where the tall man is slowly getting to Mike and trying to extract the gold ball from his head. Um, I mean, obviously, Phantasm Five kind of retcons this idea because the tall man kind of says that his Mike's like his project or something, or his his subject was it, which I'm I'm not sure if it ruins the whole idea, but it kind of does. I mean, because then it kind of implies that he put the gold ball in there to. Maybe, well, I mean, listen to what Reggie said at the start of Phantasm 4. He says, uh, the tall man wants to make Mike into one of his kind. That's what it's trying to suggest. But then at the same time, maybe Reggie's wrong. I mean, heck, how's Reggie going to actually know? Maybe he's just assuming things here. Because we don't see the tall man put the gold ball in Mike's head in Phantasm 3. We just see him take it out in Phantasm 4, meaning the gold ball might have always been in Mike's head. We don't know. Um, hmm. It's confusing. 
Um, but essentially, the whole idea is that all four films, well, the first four films, are one massive time loop that Reggie goes back in time to the events of the first film as well. I think someone mentioned is possible. Or, 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 I mean, that doesn't really matter. Reggie's kind of timeline here doesn't really matter. But essentially, if we're going to look from Mike's perspective, he's a kid, he discovers the tall man, defeats the tall man, grows up to Phantasm 2, defeats the tall man again, grows up a bit more to Phantasm 3, defeats the tall man again, uh, sees the yellow wound in his head, then gets it ripped out in Phantasm 4. He dies, but in his final moments, he's thinking back to when he was younger. Essentially, possibly. Because I don't get how Mike could speak to himself in the past if he's not got a gold ball in his head. Wouldn't that imply that he's got the Tom and powers without the gold ball anyway? I don't know. It's all extremely confusing. But at the same time, you can kind of make a few things out, which is a bit like a dream when you think about it. In dreams, you've kind of got like a little storyline going on. And I'm talking real life here, like real dreams. You've got a bit of a storyline, but not uh, not a hella conve- uh, coherent storyline. Um, and I think this is where Phantasm 4 is definitely superior to Phantasm 5, not just in the endings, but in the movies too. Um, there's no coherency whatsoever to Phantasm 5. It's just a bunch of jumbled scenes all mashed together. Whereas Phantasm 4 isn't completely coherent, but there's stuff going on and you can make out what's going on. So it's like, if you look at Phantasm 4 with no other, like, intention other than, oh, right, it's a film, then there's a lot of coherency to the plot, unlike Phantasm 5. It's just that when you look a bit deeper, you start to think, well, how is all of this possible? Uh, the theory also ju- suggested that, um, oh, this might be a separate one, actually, but that uh, Phantasm 4 kind of confirms that everything happening to Mike is all a dream. It doesn't confirm it, actually, but it, like, heavily implies it. Uh, he thinks that, well, both of these people think that there's a possibility of um, Mike's dying moments actually just being like natural, like he's dying of natural causes or whatever. Um, and that, well, once again, he's thinking back to when he was younger. But the difference is, Mike, of course, if it is all a dream, then all the events of Phantasm 1, 2, 3, 4, all of them are happening in Mike's head and he's completely delusional. Well, I mean, the definition of phantasm is delusion of a disordered mind. Um, So if that is the case, that 1 to 4 was all a dream, um, phantasm 4, when Mike says it's just the wind, when he's thinking back to when he was younger, that's kind of like him having this level of acceptance for whatever it is and moving on. 
or maybe all of Phantasm 1, 2, 3 and 4 are all like the same dream. And if you don't know what I mean by that, I mean the literally the same dream. It, like from the first film, it's just one dream that has different eras in time. I mean, that's possible. Because once again, dreams have a little coherency, but not too much. So Mike could have literally just thought all of this in one dream when he was younger. And that time where he's in the car with Reggie when he was younger is after getting up in the middle of the night and just accepting that it wasn't all real. Saying it's just the wind is like his way of denying everything that went on. Uh, so this is this is the point where we're kind of looking at these two endings and one is more interesting has a lot more like story behind it and thought and potentiality and ambiguity and then another ending which has nice music it looks and feels like a finale but story-wise thematically and well in terms of satisfaction you're not getting any from this phantasm 4 if that was the ending would feel extremely satisfying but also extremely like oh i want another film the only problem with phantasm 4's ending is the fact that reggie goes into the dimensional fork to fight the tall man um, because, yeah, this does kind of leave you wanting more, because you think, oh, right, I want to see Reggie fight the tall man and one last time as revenge. But everything else is working absolutely fine. Phantasm Ravager, on the other hand, leaves you just not only confused and, like, going, what? But also you end up kind of, well, not wanting more after how bad the fifth film was, but, uh, well, yeah, wanting more. You do end up wanting more because you're just completely unsatisfied with it that you can't accept that that's the final product. Um, I've seen many fan fictions suggesting what happened after the events of this film, and I can see why. Because it's not a very good ending. So, in conclusion, which ending's better? It's Phantasm 4. Heck, I'm happy that Phantasm 5 was made, unlike a lot of fans of the franchise. Uh, I, I, I think there's a certain chance seeing all these characters fight it out one last time. But, like, in terms of story... Phantasm 4 definitely has a superior ending. I think I've said on this account before that I think the plots for Phantasm 5 and Phantasm 4 should almost be completely swapped around. Because Phantasm 4 feels more like a finale, whereas Phantasm 5 has elements of a finale, but has got more of a, like a confusing plot that you'd see within the middle of a franchise and not the end. So, yeah, Phantasm 4 is a way better ending. There's no denying that in my mind. It has a level of finality to it, but also a level of, okay, 
you could see more. Like, I mean, that's why a fifth film was made, because more was going to happen, more could happen, but it didn't have to happen. That's the thing. People have said that Don Coscarelli just did it for money, the fifth film. That's not true. I don't want anyone saying that, because that's not true. Don Coscarelli loves this franchise with his heart. He would guard it with anything. I know that. I know he didn't just make the fifth film for the money. Heck, I don't think the fifth film even made, like, the money back. Like, Don was scraping pennies when it came to the production of that film. So I don't want to hear anyone say that he just did it for the money. Because it's just completely untrue. Like, he used every dime he could find for the production. And it wasn't a lot. Anyway, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope this gave you a new perspective on Phantasm. If you're, you know, you're a big fan of the franchise like myself. Um, but I would love to hear your opinion. Maybe you've got something about Phantasm 5's ending that, you know, symbolically has has it as a superior ending to the fourth that I've just not heard. So, yeah, I'd love for uh, somehow someone to change my opinion because I'd love to appreciate the fifth film a bit more. Uh, anyway, yeah, thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed. I'll see you later.